You're listening to the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. Now here's your hosts, Kevin, Derek, and Alex. All right, and welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Derek, and I'm joined, as always, by your co-hosts, Kevin and Alex. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. Preseason is officially wrapped up. We are in the final weekend of heavy draft season. Um, So, you know, any last second uh, drafts, our home league's one of them, right? Um, But questions, feel free to shoot them our way. But I'm super excited, man, with wrapping up draft season and into into the grind, right? The regular season grind. Yeah, uh, I got to uh, participate in like an actual, like not a mock, uh, my work, work league, uh, this past weekend. Okay. I'm going to, I'll, I'll sell myself out here. Um, I had told my wife, Hey, uh, I got this draft coming up on Sunday. Just so you know, um, I need, you know, a little bit of time in the afternoon to do this draft. She's like, okay, yeah, sure. So we go shopping, you know, do our Sunday stuff. Uh, and then, um, I get back home. I start doing a few things around, around the apartment and then uh, I sit down and she looks at me and she goes, uh, didn't you have that draft? I was like, yeah, 30 minutes ago it started. So I got to look on uh, what auto draft did for me. Auto draft didn't do me too dirty, uh, which was kind of nice. Um, but, you know, realistically, you know, I, I still I made, you know, every pick from seventh on. I think there's 13 or 14 spots uh, total. Uh, so I made seven or eight picks, but realistically, like where you earn your keep, right? The first five or six picks, pretty simple. Where you separate yourself, right, is is those bench players, those depth plays, the ones that allow you to plug in a guy, uh, or or when one of your top guys go out, that you're not, you know, completely reliant upon that. So uh, I feel like I did okay uh, in terms of some of my depth plays. Um, I did get a little heavy handed on the, on the Denver Broncos for no reason other than I saw them win 41 to nothing the other night, uh, against maybe the LA Rams. Um, I don't know. Um, but what did bum me out was that I, the auto pack auto pick did put Justin Fields on my roster and I wasn't, wasn't too thrilled about that one. Might have been your best pick. Well, it just limits me in what I could do because I was like, oh, I could take Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson later. And it's like, no, I don't want two of the same guy. Uh, and then and then I thought, oh, I'll take I'll take Kirk Cousins because I think that that's that's a really good, uh, you know, we've we've said that on this show. Like if you're going to have kind of a, a gamble quarterback, it's nice to have a, a floor, a good safe, a good safe floor quarterback. And Kirk Cousins is a good safe floor quarterback. But the damn guy that both of them have a bye week in week 13. So <laughs> nothing I can do there. So I ended up taking uh, Jared Goff because I just can't get enough, apparently, of NFC North quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, speaking of, speaking of NFC, we're going to we're going to preview that whole conference tonight. Talking, uh, you know, where we think teams are going to. Win and uh, win totals, thinking division winners. We've got, uh, we've also got some really good stuff for you as well when we start talking about, you know, tips to remember when drafting, right? A lot of folks have just come off of uh, massive drafts. Uh, a lot of folks coming into their, their draft weekend here. And we've also got some stacks 
that we are loving to draft out there as well. So uh, great show for you tonight. Make sure that we are hitting up the uh, the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at good old boys, FF, all those good places. Um, but best uh, best and most important place to help to support this independent podcast head over to youtube youtube.com slash at good old boys ff click that subscribe button we are making that march trying to get to that thousand subscribers uh you know do that whole monetization thing and uh you know try and uh, try and monetize the content while uh keeping it free coming to y'all so uh do us a favor head over there and hit that button over there guys what uh what are we thinking there's some news some notes out there yeah, so no Jonathan Taylor trade, and they put him on the pup list, right? So Taylor's out the first four weeks. Done. Um, so in in my mind, he's he's kind of in that Alvin Kamara, Isaiah Pacheco type range if you're if you're gonna take a flyer on him. Um we, we knew this could happen, right? Like we knew this was a possibility. Um you know, there are rules and regulations around how to use the pup list with the CBA. So they must think that something's bad enough with his ankle, that it is a physical ailment. Um, you know, you can't just stick guys there for no reason. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works. We'll see if he comes back or if he nurses it. I mean, he's got to do what he's got to do. Um, so Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, be on the lookout because now, now you have a committee, right? Now it's Hall, Hall, Hall and Jackson and, and even Zach Moss once he comes back. Right. And he should be back possibly week one, most likely week two. So JT owners, you're going to be in for a rocky season. If you took him in the first two top half of the third round, it's, it's going to be choppy for you here for a while. Yeah, I think, I think the, uh, the other thing for that, though, is, is maybe this opens up. Maybe this makes Anthony Richardson a, a touch more valuable, right? Because the instead of, you know, turning around and handing it to Jonathan Taylor, which would have been the smart thing to do 20, 25 times a game, and uh, maybe they incorporate him in the run game a little bit more and try to get some, some you know, mileage out of his young legs. Um, and the fact that he is young and can bounce back a little bit easier – um, so we'll see. We'll see if this helps Anthony Richardson. If this improves his stock, I think. I think when you take a player like Jonathan Taylor off of the field, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that it will help him because now defenses can really just key in, right? You don't have to worry about play action necessarily with Jonathan Taylor um, not out there. Sure, you still have to honor it, but you know, do you have to key in on it? I don't know. I think for defenses, it makes it makes Indianapolis more one dimensional and uh defensive you know defensive guys can can just not have to think as much so um we'll see we'll see what this does i think this indianapolis team is going to be very very interesting to watch this year um i think at times they will be fun uh but i think more often than not they're going to be extremely frustrating uh if you're a fan of them and i think it's going to be extremely frustrating for for fantasy owners that have a piece of this Indianapolis offense. Yeah. And that, you know, you're talking about that, like the line is not very good in Indy. Um, you've got a young quarterback who came into the league and the knock on him, your know, athleticism through the roof, but accuracy issues uh, at play there. So yeah, there's a lot of things that just don't 
you know, don't line up for the Indy having a very good season coming off of a not very good season the year before. You know, a season that landed them with a top four pick overall. Uh, you know, Indy fans, uh, buckle in. You, you'll probably be drafting inside the top five again this season when it's all said and done. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. And also, you know, kind of interesting here, right? Like Indy, Indy saying, oh, we're, you know, they didn't necessarily want to go out and, and, and pay Taylor uh, while at the same time demanding a first round pick for the guy. And all the while the league is kind of sticking with what they've done so far, where it's very much a case where, you know, people just aren't spending up on running backs and, and really going out there and, and you know, that running back market is nowhere near what it once was. Yeah. It's uh it's tough sledding for these, um, for these running backs right now. So I hope, uh, I hope things are able to kind of turn around for them here a little bit. They, they deserve to get a better compensation than where they're at. Um, but the NFL is kind of putting the kibosh on them, right? Run them, run them ragged for three years and then, you know, four years, whatever that is, franchise tag them. And then boom, I mean, the, the see you later lifeblood of their career is over. So it's, it's tough, tough for them right now. Yeah. I, I I'll say the other thing that, that uh, today, today's a, a really, really rough day for a lot of, a lot of guys. Uh, it, it was cut day. Right. Um, and the, you know, the NFL stopped doing this whole, Oh, you have to trim your roster down incrementally. And instead they get from their 80 or whatever it is in preseason down to their 53 man all in one day or by a deadline basically. So um, it's a, it's a tough day. There's a lot of guys who all they thought they were going to do was play in the NFL and make millions of dollars. And they, they got smacked with the harsh reality that that doesn't always happen. And it doesn't happen. It only happens for a very select few. So um, I think about that. I think about the uh, the days, um, you know, when coaches, when 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 head coaches get fired. You know, what what is that? Black Monday they call it, right? Mm-hmm. The Monday after the regular season. And it's not just uh, you know the head coach that gets fired, but it's you know it's the staff and the guys that you know people that you never heard of in the uh, uh, in the facility and everything that they don't know what they're going to do. So it's a tough, it's a tough day for a lot of people. I hope that, um, you know, the guys that, that do get cut have a fallback and uh, land on their feet. Uh, but um, it is, it is also interesting to see like, did, did some of these teams, what did some of these teams think? You know, I, I think about Denver and what this preseason did for um, Jaleel. What's his last name? Say it for me the running back um, who was lighting it up. And I think because of his two or three, you know, two impressive games that he had, uh, he made the roster. And I don't know that Denver needed to keep four or five running backs on the, on the 53 man, but they did. Uh, So. um, Special teams is a powerful incentive to be able to keep you on the roster. Albert O is gone, right? Albert O, they, they cut Albert O today. Traded. Um, he got sure. traded right before he got released. But, yeah, they were they were set. Like, the news came out that he was set to be released. And then Philly and then goes, eh, send trade. him our way. We'll send him uh, your. We don't, we don't want to fight through waivers. Go ahead and send him send him to us. Right. Um, but, you know, like, that that changes some things, right? There's a lot of people who had Albert O stashed on 
dynasty rosters because they thought, oh, he's gonna, he's going to figure it out in Denver. He's going to figure it out in Denver. Well, now he's on a second team. Um, so we'll see what, what happens. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely just stories like that, that, that I think about a lot. And, uh, not everybody, again, not everybody that we're talking about is making millions of dollars. I mean, they're doing okay if they're getting an NFL game check or even an NFL practice squad paycheck. Um, but (laughs) it's still, it's, it's a, it's a harsh business. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, speaking of uh, harsh realities, uh, there's going to be some records that are probably going to be harsh realities for both teams and the fan bases out there. Uh, Shall we start going through it? Let's do it. All right. So we're going to start breaking down the NFC, uh, the NFC, and we're going to start over in the East. Um, And basically we're going through here and just kind of pulling the consensus Vegas odds here, Vegas win totals on this one. And we're going to go through there and we're going to, you know, call out our shots here on uh, over-unders, and we're going to call out our shots on who we think is going to be the division winner there as well. So for the NFC, NFC East, we'll start with the Eagles. The Eagles have the over-under 11.5 uh, on the wins. What do you guys got here? I'm – oof, man. What? I think I took the under. I think nope. I took the under. I think I have – did I take nope. the over? You got them twelve and five. All right, take the over. <laughs> See, it's, it's it's I like that line, right? Obviously, yeah. so I'm gonna take the over uh, by, by a smidge. Uh, I'm also taking the over, but I, I think I'm more bullish. Um, I think that they are able to, um, kind of. I think they're able to handle the division. I think they. You know, the game against the 49ers is going to be tough. Fortunately, that one's at home. The Bills, they get at home, um, and those are kind of in the middle of the season. Um, I think, you know, realistically, in terms of their, like, challenging away games, maybe at the Jets, but that's in October. Um, In terms of travel, they play the Rams uh, in L.A., but – they have a pretty favorable schedule where they get, you know, their toughest tests are at home. So uh, I've got the Eagles going 14 and three this year. So I'll take the over. I'm also going to go with the over, not quite as bullish as you. I'm I'm going with the 13 and four. I think that they will uh, handle a whole lot of business this season. And I think we'll be uh, set to see the Eagles. Uh, you fly again here. Uh, let's go ahead and head on over to the Cowboys over under line on that one is a nine and a half thoughts on this one. I have the over on that one. This defense is better than a lot of people continue to give them credit for. Yes, you have a new offensive coordinator in, but the skill position talent cannot be ignored. The offensive line is healthy for the moment. So I think the Cowboys um, the Cowboys get the over here on this one. Alex, what do you got? Uh, I, I also got them with the over. Uh, I think they're going to go 11-6. and six. Uh, again, really, really favorable. They, 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 they have a little bit more of a challenging uh, schedule. Back-to-back weeks out in California um, at the 49ers, at the Chargers. Um, I think their division games are a little bit more difficult. They get Buffalo at Buffalo in December, um, and they're at Miami the weekend after or the week after that. So, um there are definitely more challenges. This is a less favorable schedule in terms of just home and away for, for Dallas. So um, I still think that they, you know, they get that 11 wins, but it's, 
it's not as easy as Philadelphia's schedule on paper. Very true. Um, I'm going to go with the over as well. I think that, you know, that kind of 11 and 6, 12 and 5 mark seems pretty spot on there. And that's kind of where I'm seeing them seeing them play out there as well. So, um, yeah, they're going to have some tough tests when it's all said and done. Uh, but I think that they'll uh, they'll pull it out there. And who knows, you know, they, they went out there when they were big spenders in the QB market this uh, right here in the uh, the tail end of preseason acquiring uh, your your guy Trey Lance there. So um all righty, let's go ahead and head on over to the Giants over under on this one seven uh seven and a half. Uh I'm gonna take the over for the Giants. I, I think they're just a smidge better than that. I do think they fall back down from Grace here a little bit. They kind of outkicked their coverage getting into the playoffs last year. But Again, I think the defense is stout. I think the offense um, with Saquon there, and as long as Saquon's healthy, I think the offense still flows well. Darren Waller is going to be a good addition as long as he stays healthy as well. So it should give Daniel Jones um, some more reliant options than what he's had last year. And then you have the abundance of slot receivers outside of those two guys. But we'll figure out which one of those guys emerges. but I do have them hitting the over on this mark. It's so really strange. I I, uh, I have them over as well. I have them finishing ten and seven. Um, but their their schedule is really strange because it's uh, it's kind of streaky, um, where they play, you know, a home, two away games, a home, two away games, two homes, three aways, two homes, two aways. Like there's really not like a you know, balance in terms of home and away for, for the giants here. So um, I think if they get on a roll that it easily, they get to 10 and seven. Um, some of the tougher games that they have um, they've got back-to-back weeks at Miami at Buffalo. Um, fortunately those are in October. So weather shouldn't be too much of an issue there uh, up in Buffalo. Um, they get the Packers at home in December, um, which could be a heck of a lot colder uh, in Green Bay than uh, in New York. Uh, so that's, I think, a, a nice a nice break for them. And then uh, they don't have the Eagles until the last three games. They play them twice in the last three games. So um, I think they can build some confidence uh, and get some wins before they get brought back down to earth there right towards the end of the season. I'm going to take the under on this one. I think that they outkicked the coverage by a long shot uh, last year. And – you're you're right when you say they've got kind of a weird schedule, kind of a streaky schedule there where you have, you have Dallas, then Arizona, San Francisco, Seattle, Miami, Buffalo. Like it, there's probably one game on paper that, that we see that I see them winning um, in that stretch there. And that's the Arizona game. And then you've got, you know, Las Vegas kind of sandwiched in between the jets <laughs> and Dallas. Like this is one of those that you're going to have to, I think they're going to have some of this kind of just choppy, choppy waters going through there. Um, and it's just going to be hard for them to get on a roll here. So I'm going to take the under and feel pretty good on that one there. Let's go ahead and head on over to the commanders over under on this one was six and a half. Under. Yeah. I think, same. I think they're going to struggle this year, right? I mean, the defense didn't get better in my opinion in the off season, Sam Howell. I, well, I think he has, some kind of gamer gunslinger type mentality to him. 
I think this team in general is going to struggle to keep pace uh, for most of the year. I, I see them losing what might be one possession games, but nevertheless, I think they're going to be on the losing end of those games this year. Yeah, I think um, so. We get to see how good of a coach Eric Bieniemy actually is, right? Like that's that's what this is going to be. What kind of a coaching job can you do? Because you've got Sam Howell. Uh, and you no longer have, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to bail you out from a bad play call, right? So we'll see what we'll see what this is uh, for them. But I I think they struggle too. I think there's a lot of learning curve that happens. Uh, that over under you said was six and a half. Uh, I have them at five wins, so that's the under. I've also got them at five wins. I'm taking the under on that one. Uh, and this is a this is a roster that. You know, while on paper they finished as a top ten defense last year, it, it wasn't that um, you know stout um, of a defense. Even though they you know statistically finished up there in uh, in that, and the offense struggled to keep pace. I, I think more of the same kind of continues. This is a team still trying to identify uh, you know what it is that they're really going to be and how they're going to be it, as well as the fact that a new ownership group like this this could be one of those that uh, you know. The, the coaching staff probably needs to be a little bit a uh, little bit weary of uh, of their foothold there in uh, in DC. But uh, so yeah, taking the under um, looks like we're all calling for the Eagles to be the uh, the East Division winners there. righty. let's go ahead. We had a uh, we have one of these uh, coming in on the YouTube uh, Super C and B challengers just finished a 10 team PPR draft. What are their thoughts on it? They got uh, Jalen Hurts, Brees Hall, Miles Sanders, Cooper Cup, CD Lamb, Njoku, Metcalf. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that you've got some, some bench depth there because you're going to need it with Brees Hall. Um, but I mean, overall, you've got some, you've got some top end firepower there. Uh, yeah. For yeah, sure, I, uh, receiving room, yeah. Yeah, well, and Jalen Hurts there, too. Like, I, I like the combination, right? That cup, lamb, and Hurts combo, I, I do like. Like, I think your team's going to be really tough to deal with at the top when your guys are hitting. Um, you know, obviously, a little bit of depth is needed at running back with Brees Hall splitting time. We'll see what that looks like. But um, as much as we like Miles Sanders, I worry if he's able to carry – the load, if you will, throughout the season. So, um, you know, a couple minor things to tweak on. You're going to be looking at the waiver wire just a little bit, but I do like the top end firepower. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely some help at running back. Uh, those, that's a uh, an area to address, but uh, you got to feel comfortable with Hertz, Cup, and Lamb. Yeah, absolutely. All righty, well, there we go. CMB, there's the thoughts on that one there. All right, let's go ahead and head on into the NFC North. And we'll go ahead and start off with the Packers. The over-under on this one, seven and a half. Thoughts on the uh, the old Packers here? Uh, I have the Packers going over here. I, I think they're going to be better than, than teams expect. I think Jordan Love is going to be better than he's getting credit for. A lot of these young receivers are coming into this second year, so we're going to see who kind of breaks out, how Christian Watson looks. Romeo Dobbs has been getting a lot of running camp before he got dinged up just a little bit, but should be fine for the, the season opener. Um, Luke Musgraves, uh, their their new tight end, is getting a ton of buzz in camp as well. So 
Um, I, I I like I like the Packers to be sneaky, and 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 you still have AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, right? There, there's there's talent in the skill position room in Green Bay. It's not as well known, but there is plenty of talent, and so I, I think you're going to see a lot of ground and pound, but they're going to find ways to get wins. Uh, I have the under. Uh, I have them going six and eleven this year. Um, I think it's tough because they draw the AFC West. Um, and they've got road games against uh, the Raiders and the Broncos in back to back. Well, not back to back weeks. There's a bye week thrown in there. They're bye weeks early in October. Um, you get the Chiefs at home. Uh, that's a that's a Sunday night game, but uh, it's it's a pretty it's going to be a pretty rough one. I think this is going to be a rough go of things uh, as Jordan Love kind of comes into his own. Um, I don't think long term uh, that the Packers need to be concerned, but I do think they're going to take some lumps this year with Jordan Love figuring out how to be uh, a QB one in the NFL. I mean, that, that could be. It wouldn't start. It would not surprise me though if we see. Green, uh, Green Bay start off like four and one type of thing. Like they've got a very, very favorable matchup, very favorable schedule to yeah, start the season on that. Nice. And one of those that, you know, we've seen this constantly that your team gets on a roll and they can just kind of roll through some things there. So yeah, this could be one of those that they, they've got this, the strength of schedule to start off with, to get that, uh, you know, confidence under your young quarterback, help find your identity and, and roll on this one. I've got them uh, on the over. And I think that they can actually challenge for the uh, division title in this one here. Um, so we'll see how that one plays out there, but let's go ahead and move on over to the uh, lions who are over under nine and a half wins this season. Thoughts on the lions. I have the Lions with the over, right? Like they, they were knocking on the door last year. They're kind of this year's darling, right? Like everybody's really liking the Lions and what they put together. They have probably the best offensive line in football. I think the uh, I think the uh, Eagles might argue with that just a little bit, but I do think it's kind of between the two teams there. Um I, but I like I like the weapons that the Lions have. I'm taking the over. They're fun to root for. You like the guys on this team. So, um, you know, the the lovable losers that they have been are are really kind of turning the page here under Dan Campbell, and they are uh, they're scrapping, they're biting kneecaps, and they're fighting for these games. Uh, I have the over as well, but just by game, I have them going eight and nine. Um, again, John, the AFC West. That's that's a difficult. Uh, they get they go to Tampa and to Baltimore in back to back weeks. Uh, I think that's a it's a pretty tough stretch for them. Uh, and then you back that up with the Raiders and the Chargers, two games that are going to be uh, really that's a very very the month of October is going to be uh, the make or break month for this Detroit team, I think, um, which could really swing their whole their whole season uh, depending on how they do there. Um, and then. Uh, Second to last game, they're at Dallas, um, which who knows what they're playing for at that point. Again, I don't know how the NFL did this, um, but this this whole play a division opponent for the first time uh, in week 15, uh, and then you don't play – you play them for the first time in – sorry, in week 16, and then 
you don't play them in week 17, but then you play them again in week 18, um, which is very, very fun uh, that you don't get to see somebody for the first, you know, eight tenths of the season. And then you see them twice there. Yeah. I, I personally don't like it. Like, I feel like I want some of these division games up front and, and really kind of put the pressure. I would agree with that. I would like some of these teams to separate themselves right away. Yeah, I would like to see uh, where you play, you know, all of your divisional opponents in the first third of the season and then don't play them again until the final third. Um, I would like to see it that way, but that's not how they do it. Just so you know, you know, right? Like you, you, it, may, it would make those that second set of games that much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lions, I got them going on the over there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that they are really going to come together. This is going to be a team that, um, yeah, they made a they made a lot of moves on defense. So we'll see how that uh, kind of gels and comes together. But that offensive unit is uh, pretty darn good here. So should be good there. Um, let's go ahead and move on over to the Bears. Over under on this one was seven and a half. I honestly don't remember where I had the Bears. Um, uh, hold on, I I misspoke on my last one. Uh, cause I have the lines going 11 and six. Um, uh, I am so sorry. I was looking at the bears line, uh, when I was doing that, I have the lines going 11 and six. Uh, so that over under nine and a half, I have them going way over and I have them, I have them winning the division. There you go. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Bears, uh, seven and a half, uh, Kevin over, go ahead. right. Uh, nine, nine and eight. Like, yeah. I think this team can do just enough i worry about them a little bit defensively um and how they're going to handle some close games but i do i like the pieces i like the fact that they drafted offensive line to try and help justin fields i like the combination it's not great for fantasy but i like the players that they have in the backfield dj moore is going to be a really good player for them being that true x receiver and darnell mooney i think we'll see come back to life a little bit um, playing opposite side of him because he'll be able to get deep, right? Like he's not going to be focused on so much. He'll have a little bit more off coverage, can can do some different things while DJ Moore kind of dominates from, you know, 20 and in. Darnell Mooney, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he has top three in, in a dot at the end of the season. Like I just think Justin Fields is going to use him a lot on those deep shots. Yeah, I got the Bears going eight and nine, so over, over uh, an improvement on last year's three and fourteen. Um, as Justin Fields goes, so do the Bears, and I don't know how far he goes. Fair enough. I've got the Bears also on the over. I think I've got them about nine and eight. Uh, I think that this is a squad that's gonna, you know, kind of come together here and gel a little bit. And uh, this is also one of those that I, I'm a believer that we're gonna see Justin Fields take that third year leap uh, when it comes to uh, quarterback play. So I, I think we're gonna see him take that uh, that next step, that kind of evolution there. So I've got the Bears on the over. Uh, Vikings. The over under on this one was eight and a half. Thoughts on the Vikings? Uh, I have the Vikings over. Again, another team that I think falls back down to earth a little bit, right? They lost, or excuse me, they won a lot of one possession games last year. I think that balances out this year a little bit, which honestly for fantasy folks, I think that helps, right? I think that keeps Justin Jefferson 
active a little bit more than what they were doing. I don't think the running game is going to be as efficient with uh, with Madison. So overall, better for fantasy, but their final record is going to be a little worse. Uh, I have the Vikings going nine and eight, uh, and here is why. <clears throat> if you look at the Minnesota Vikings over, let's just go back to 2009, shall we? They went 12 and four. Uh, the following two years, losing record. Uh, 2012, 10 and six. The following two years, losing record. Uh, and then they kind of traded this good year, bad year, good year, bad year uh, from 15 through 19. Uh, and then two bad years with 20 and 21, uh, where they were seven and nine, eight and nine. 13 and four last year because Minnesota fans can't have nice things a down year this year. Didn't even look at their schedule. Don't even care. (laughs) I like it. That is what the Vikings will do. It'll be a mediocre run of the mill year for them. I like it. Um, I was the least, I was the most bearish on the uh, Vikings here at uh, six and 11. I think that they fall back to, uh, you know, they, they they come back to the pack quite a bit on this one, just from the standpoint that uh, they were a thirteen and four team last year with a negative three point differential. Like they they had a negative point differential on the season total with a thirteen and four record. Yeah, that's not one of those things that you can you can have that many things break out that way. The fact that they were part um, of that was that Eagles game week two, right? Because they actually they, they got smoked, smoked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On Monday night, and, football. and then they and then they won a lot of close games, right? right. right. Yeah, they, they lost big once, and then won a lot of close games. But yeah, that's also one of those two that if a lot of those games had stopped in the third quarter, their their record would have been absolutely awful. And I get it; you got to play all four quarters, and they they did. And they minutes. they finished the games off right, like they did all of that. However, historically speaking, teams that dominate one score games and win a large majority of the one score games fall back to earth in a major way and have a hard time even being 500 in one score games the following year. I think that's the team that we're going to see. Um, so six and 11 is about where I see the, uh, the, the Vikings going uh, this year here. Uh, let's go ahead and hit up another roster. We had somebody else send in their roster here, wanted to get our thoughts on it. This one coming from Twitter. And we'll read it off here. Justin Herbert was QB1. Bijan Robinson, RB1. Ramadre Stevenson, uh, RB2. Watson and Wilson. Uh, Christian Watson and Garrett Wilson, the wide receivers. Uh, flex was Zay Jones. The other flex, Gabe Davis. Uh, tight end was Kittle. Defense, Steelers. And then the bench was Stafford. Wilson, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., Kenneth Gainwell, Adam Thielen, MVS, Allen Robinson, and Tyler Conklin. Thoughts on that roster? I like the starters. Yeah. It's got a lot of upside. It does have a lot of upside. It's got a lot of high end there. It's going to, it's one of those that are interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very high octane type of, type of team there. But if you've got to rely on, um, if you're gonna have to rely on on that bench for more than some bye weeks, there it's it's gonna be a gonna be a tough go of it. The two flex, could you read me the two flex spots again? Yeah, the two flexes are Zay Flowers, Gabe Davis. I think there's a little left to be desired there. I, I it you'd like for it to be, but I think Zay Flowers and Gabe Davis combined will be all right. 
right? I think Gabe Davis was really fighting some injuries last year. I know he burned a lot of people, but just recently his his ADP has been going back up, and I think it's closer to where he's actually going to finish. I think Gabe Davis will be just fine, and they got to throw the ball to somebody in Baltimore. Right, they they just they have to throw the ball to somebody. They're saying they're going to throw it more. Zay Flowers provides probably the most pop out of anybody on that roster. Obviously, OBJ has the name recognition, but um, you know I could see Zay Flowers getting getting a lot of targets just because they're short, quick routes, trying to get Lamar in a rhythm. You know, get him to see completed passes to build up his confidence a little bit, and then maybe start working outside because. I still want to see Lamar throw outside the numbers and complete passes, guys. Like, I'm still down on him from where a lot of people are in in this industry. I am not the believer that a lot of people are. And the fact that he doesn't run nearly as much, I, it, you know, it, it just – it does not spell success from the Lamar side. But I don't mind Zay Flowers. I like Gabe Davis as an upside. And I really like Conklin as, a, as kind of a sleeper tight end. We've been hearing a lot of good things out of Jets camp. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers does like to uh, does like to throw to a tight end. Yes, right. Like took um, Robert Tunyon out of obscurity a few years back. Right. Like I, I think it will do all right there. Um, Alrighty, let's go ahead and head on over to the NFC South, and we're going to start off with the Saints over under on this one nine and a half over under. Uh, over barely. <laughs> Over barely, someone's got again. Someone's got to win that division, right? Like someone has to pull through and win that division. And I, I think that uh, I think it's clearly the Saints, right? I think it's clearly the Saints. So I don't know if they're going to sweep that division, but it wouldn't surprise me if they went five and one against the NFC South, right? So there's half your win total right there. If I have them at ten wins, at ten and seven. Half your win total is coming against your own division. So then you're just going 500 the rest of the way. I think that defense is good enough. Derek Carr should be stable at quarterback. We all think Chris Olave has that potential to take that next step. Um, Michael Thomas seems to be engaged in football again. Um, so there's a lot of good things with the Saints, but it, it uh, you know, they're kind of the, 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 the best looking ugly girl at the bar. The best way to say that because I have them winning the division, but I I have them winning the division with a losing record. So uh, I have them going eight and nine, uh, but I still think they're better than the other three teams. When you look at the other three teams and the most important position on the field, the Saints have the best option. Um, most established option, I should I should say, um, or the one that I'm most comfortable putting my my eggs in his basket, uh, because the other three it's it's a rookie, it's a second year, and it's Baker Mayfield, and do with that what you will. Um, but that is that is why I think that the Saints will will win the division, but I think they do it with a losing record. I think the Saints also win it, but uh, they don't have a, a winning record, but they don't go over on the win total either. So there's a whole lot of, you know, rigmarole in there. But uh, nine and eight is where I see them going on this one, coming in just under that win total. So I think they should be 
okay. But it, again, right, Kevin, I like your analogy uh, there as to how best sum up this division. So let's go ahead and move on other over to other options in the division. Falcons, uh, win total is over under eight and a half on this one. Uh, under. I don't, the defense the defense isn't good enough, right? They're going to be running the ball. We know that they can run the ball, but overall, <coughs> excuse me, I don't think that Ritter's developed enough to get involved in shootouts and any game where Atlanta gets down by more than two scores, they're going to struggle in. Um, so it's it's going to be a tough one, um, but we're going to we're going to see how it shakes out because we all like Bijan. I think Drake London has a lot of upside. Um, you know, those people who like Kyle Pitts and, and think that he'll bounce back like they do have some weapons, but I, I don't see how the offensive philosophy is really going to pan out for him all that well. Uh, if I were to um, wager on any of these that we've talked about today, taking the Falcons under uh, eight and a half is the one that I am the most confident on. Um, I've got them going five and twelve. I just, I just don't see it. Again, their biggest issue uh, is at quarterback, and it's a, that's a huge issue. Um, we don't know exactly how B. John Robinson slots into the NFL game. Um, we don't know if Desmond Ritter has taken that second or that next step in his second year. Um, and you can have all the talent in the world to catch passes if you don't have anybody to throw it to him. Doesn't do you any good. Fair enough. I'm also taking the under on this one. Um, Alex, <laughs> same boat. You are five and twelve on this one, and that feels um, that feels pretty accurate there. So the uh, I think it's going to be a, a tough, tough, uh, tough road to hoe for them uh, on that one. There. Let's go ahead and move on over to the Buccaneers. Win total on this one over under six and a half. Thoughts on this one? I'm taking the under. I, I just. It, I don't think their quarterback play is going to keep them in games. And their defense, yes, well, it's still going to be strong. you got to put up points in the NFL to win games. We saw that with the Denver Broncos last year. And I think we're going to see almost a recreation of that down in Tampa. Like, the defense will be very good. I don't think anyone's disputing that. But they're going to have to find a way to put, you know, 18 to 20 points up on the board. And I just don't see how they do that consistently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of frustrating and head scratching losses uh, for Tampa. There's there's going to be more than one uh, game that got away from them. You know, like game that they should have won that that they just something happened and it got away from them. Uh, and I think that's the mark of you know that that's what separates good teams from from great teams and good teams from bad teams is you just you can't let those those happen so i um i have the under here uh at 5 and 12 under 6 and a half yeah i've got the under just barely on the under with 6 and 11 on this one um yeah again this is this is a team that is uh, in flux and uh, I don't know that we're going to see them be able to to bounce back on this one. All right, Panthers win total over under seven and a half. Thoughts on this one? Under. I don't see how Vegas is getting a seven and a half with this team. 
<clears throat> there, there's still a lot of work to be done. I get they like C.J. Stroud. Um, the defense was decent last year. I think, again, I think this is another team that kind of outkicked their coverage a little bit last year. It's going to be learning curves with, with a young rookie quarterback, and that is okay. Um, but nevertheless, they're going to be full of challenges, and I'm taking the under. As, as good as you feel about the Falcons under, that's kind of how I feel about Carolina. It's like there's no I, – I don't see how they get to seven. I don't see how they get to eight wins. Now, even playing in that division. Alex, thoughts on the, the Panthers? Uh, I think – yeah, I think the uh, the seven and a half – comes from the fact that they do play in the NFC South and you'd have to think that you're going to steal three wins, four wins that way. And so you got to just find three more somewhere else. But where are those um, four wins, right? I like, don't know. I know. That's what I'm looking at. And I'm like, you I don't, split I don't with see Tampa it. Bay and I just split with Atlanta. It. Like even if you sweep Atlanta, there's three. Like I don't You've see them beating at, the Rams. At Tennessee, home against the Colts, you get the Texans. Uh, you know, so there's there's rookie quarterbacks out there. They just happen to be starting one of their own. So, um, yeah, and maybe maybe the fact that you're gonna play Houston and Indy. I mean, yeah, maybe you can. I think win. those are the two. Either way, I, I'm taking the under. I got them finishing five and twelve. I have everybody in that division finishing five and twelve. I don't know how they'll do it, but if there's a division where it can happen, it'll be the NFC South where. The team that wins the division will have a losing record and everybody else will have the exact same record. So very similar to last year. Yeah. Okay. Very similar um, to last year. Yeah. I, eight and nine and everybody went seven and 10. <laughs> right. I, uh, I've got the, uh, the Panthers uh, going under on this one. I, I see them about at that uh, you know, five and 12 type of mark there as well. Wouldn't surprise me if they go four and 13 and they've got another top pick going into this year's draft, um, which the Bears would be happy about. But, um, you know, regardless of, of all that, um, you know, the only way I can see that them getting there is the fact that, you know, they had a decent defense last year, and maybe they're hoping that the defense can keep them in, in a game and they can steal a couple. But I, I'm kind of right there with you. I just don't see how how the line got drawn at seven and a half on this one. So anyway, we'll, uh, we'll go that route. Uh, everybody's taking the saints here as the division winner, unless I you know missed up my math here, but, uh, looks like they're the only ones with a winning record that we've, uh, we're calling there. So except for Alex, who's got them at yeah eight and nine. So, all right. Another roster coming Just in like here. Last year. Exactly. <laughs> uh, just, uh, another roster coming in over on the, uh, the Twitter, uh, QB was uh, Lawrence, uh, starting running backs, Bijan Robinson, James Cook, starting wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb, Devonta Smith, uh, Chiggy at the tight end, Calvin Ridley at the flex, the Jets defense, and Zerline as the kicker. Looks like the bench is uh, Dobbins, Monty, Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, Elijah Moore, Jamison Williams, Ryan Tannehill. The only thing I can think of is that they were drafted in like an eight-person league. They said it was a 12, 12 person league, which makes that even a little bit more uh, impressive in my mind. But I think that they they pretty well killed this draft. Yeah, I thought they navigated it right. Like Chiggy, you're probably going to be playing waiver wire tight end, right? With Chiggy, um, yeah. I would be looking to see if Gerald Everett is out there and invest in some Gerald Everett because uh, he is a guy who I think is going to go bonkers this year. Um, who 
in most 12 team leagues, you know, teams aren't loading up on tight end. So most leagues he's out there to start the season. Um, other than that, I think you're going to like how this roster performs. Right? I, I, I like how it's set up. I really like your wide receiver room. Obviously, Bijan. Um, I'm a fan of James Cook this year. So uh, I think it has a lot of upside, a lot of potential. And I think it should perform well for you. Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and head over to the A, the NFC West. And we're going to start with the Rams over under on this one, six and a half. <laughs> Do you guys remember, was it last year where I said that all four NFC West teams were going to make the playoffs? Yes, you did. It was either last year or the year before, I remember where I was sitting when I when I made that bold statement. And I was well, close. They got yeah, uh, the decimated was, with injuries. Yeah, the problem was that this team, this team uh, forgot how to play football after they won the Super Bowl because uh, they sold out for it. And they got their trophy. But damn, are they paying for it? Uh, and I think they're still paying for it. Go ahead, Kevin. Um, I so I have the Rams. I have the Rams going eight and nine. So I'm I'm going to take the over. I think that they are going to bounce back a little bit. Um, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup being healthy are a big part of that. I think the offensive line having a year together last year is kind of a rebuilding year after they lost a couple pieces, especially. Um, uh, was Jason Wentworth, Wentworth their yeah. their left tackle? So, uh, you know they're they're a little bit more cohesive, if you will. Uh, we saw some good things out of Cam Akers there at the end of the season. So I, I think they're going to surprise some people. Um, yes, it's a tough division, but they always seem to play this division tough, right? Even when they were bad last year, they still give Seattle and San Francisco fits and. Uh, we'll get to the Cardinals, but I don't think they're going to be worth a pound of sand um, here this season. So uh, I like them to hit the over. Uh, I have the over by half a game. Uh, so the Rams going seven and 10. Um, again, it's a pretty, they got a, they got a pretty tough draw. NFC East um, is the other, uh, NFC East and the AFC North. It's pretty rough. That's <laughs> pretty rough. You're playing some pretty deep, decent defenses this year. Um, I, I just think it's uh, it's going to be another tough year for them. Uh, but um, there will be some bright spots, uh, and I think they cobble together seven wins. Yeah, I've got the under. I uh, this is a team that. But again, like, like as you said, they they kind of sold out there. I, I think they're still looking to try and uh, you know come together again to to you know put together a, a really decent roster there. Um, but I think this is not the year that they do it. I think they go probably six and eleven, five and twelve. Uh, so I've got the under on this one here. Let's go ahead and head over to the Seahawks uh, over under set at eight and a half. Thoughts on this one? I'm taking the over. Uh, I think Pete Carroll's got got his kind of groove back, right? This defense, this defense was better um, than anticipated last year. They made some strides as the season went on. Um, you have new weapons for Gino after he played possibly a career year last year. We'll see, right? De- depending on how it comes back, but he has more weapons now, right? They brought in JSN. They brought in Zach Charbonnet to help out with Kenneth Walker you know, the offensive line is is decent. They, they invested in that a couple years ago. Um, 
large part thanks to the Russell Wilson trade. Um, but they're good young offensive line corner pe- or cornerstones. So I, I think the Seahawks will contend for the division title, but I do think they come up a bit short and I haven't hit in the over on their win total. Uh, I have them hitting the over, but again, by half a game, nah, finishing nine and eight. I've got them coming in just under it at eight and nine on this one. Again, I think this is one of those that they're going to have lots of kind of close games to this one. Um, so could it, yeah, this is one of those that this is probably the the line that I'm least feeling the least good about on everything that we've gone through tonight so far is, is the Seahawks here. Um, because that, that eight to nine win just feels you know, very Seattle uh, this year. So uh, I'm going to go under, uh, but not feeling super great about that one. Let's go with the Niners uh, line set at 10 and a half. I feel like they smoked this over. Like, I feel like it's, it's, not super easy, but the way this team is built, how this defense functions, the way Brock Purdy played last year within the within the offense, right? He did not play outside of himself, but the way he played within the offense, found the open guy. Yes, they lost Mike McGlinchey to Denver, so there's a hole there on the offensive line. We're trying to see how they handle there on, on the right side. Um, but overall, I mean, this team has – enough playmakers, right? Christian McCaffrey and Ayuk and Debo and Kittle and and even um, John Jennings, who who no one ever talks about, but he always seems to show up right when they need it to for a grab or two a game. So you, you stack that with arguably the league's best defense, and I think you get to 11 wins with, with uh, relative ease. Uh, I have them going under. Uh, but 10 wins. I have them still winning 10 games, um, which is which is uh, more than I can say for the rest of the teams in this division. Uh, I don't know. I just I, – I understand Brock Purdy played very well last year, um, but I, I don't know if he replicates it. And so I think there will be some hiccups, some, some games that um, – Quite frankly, I think there will be at least one or two games that he loses because he makes a, a you know young quarterback mistake. Uh, so that's where I'm at. Uh, I still have them winning ten games, but it is under the ten and a half that the line is set at. Um, and I also have them winning the division. Yeah, I don't of, think the division is as scary this year. No, but what a vote of confidence for the kid, right? To go from Mr. Irrelevant oh, for to sure. taking them to the NFC Championship game to fighting back from offseason surgery to the Niners deciding that they can trade away Trey Lance. And, yes, I understand that he was listed third on the depth chart. I think part of that was a little political. Um, but, you know, being able to do that, like this – Good for Brock Purdy, man. Like this kid has a great yeah. story to start out, and and you know for his sake, you know I'm not a Niners fan by any stretch, but for his sake, I hope he does well. Like I think it's a cool story to see Mister Irrelevant become, you know, the starting quarterback of a historic franchise in the NFL. Right? Like we're not talking about. You know, a team that the Jaguars, right? We're not we're not talking about a team that has never really won. Um, we're talking about 
a team that has a loyal traveling fan base because coming up in the 80s and early 90s were a stinking powerhouse between Montana and then Steve Young and, and you know, the, the cast of people he had around. But it's a cool story. The only thing that would, for football lure, the only thing that would make it better is if he did it with the Cowboys. Yeah. Right? Like, or the just Packers. Be- I don't even know if the I don't even know if you count it with the Packers because they no. had so many great quarterbacks like and they all yeah, sit, it's like it's just another guy coming in there right. yeah. starter. But sorry, Derek, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, no, you're, you're I good. just love the kid's story. Like it just it makes me want to watch. Yeah, uh, I've also got them on the over there as well. I think that they'll do. Um, I think they'll do really well. Um, yeah, this is an 11 and 6, 12 and 5 type of team. I, th- I think they'll absolutely smash on this one. And yes, Kevin, to, to kind of that point where you're talking on the uh, you know, the Packers and just being kind of another guy, yeah, that, that unfortunately is kind of the deal when you get lumped in there when they've had, what, 35 years of you know, Hall of Fame quarterback play that, um, you know, the last time the last time that the, uh, the Packers what didn't have – Yeah, didn't have Hall of Fame quarterback play was, what, 90, like 2? Yeah, what a damn yeah. luxury they've had there yeah. in, uh, in Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and let's I hit, see, our, let's I hit see, our last team before we, before yep, we go. That. That's what I was just going to say is I see everybody in the chat, and uh, we'll go ahead and hit the uh, hit these up here as soon as we get with, done with the Cardinals. Uh, Z-Money, make sure that you uh, throw in your uh, roster in the chat there so we can see it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go through your squad there. So uh, Terrence Z-Money will hit this up right after we hit the Cardinals. Uh, alrighty, let's go ahead and hit up the Cardinals here. Cardinals was over under four and a half. Thoughts on this one? Under. This is the worst team in the NFL by far. I mean, absolutely by far. And you load in the fact that they cut Colt McCoy to to you know, still haven't named a starter. No, to to name whoever the starter. Um. You know, Kyler's out. There's no real sign of when he's coming back. Um, it scares me. That, yes, they have James Conner. He's bound to get work, right? So we know James Conner's going to get fed um, outside of that for fantasy purposes. I'm not touching anybody on a redraft out of this roster um, with with not knowing who the quarterback is and even – even if it was Kyler, I think the only one that I would really invest in would be Hollywood Brown. Um, but they're abysmal. Like I have them at what thir- three and fourteen. Is that what I put them at? And quite frankly, it wouldn't surprise me if they only won two games. And I'm trying to find out how they do that. Honestly, like it's the NFL. They will play hard, especially at the beginning of the season, and and see if they have some fight to them. But I, I just don't see how they have any offensive prowess to put up more than you know, an average of like 11 points a game and, and to compete at that level is extremely difficult. I see, I see three games that they uh, will have a chance in. One is early on at Washington uh, and then they get the Falcons and then at the Texans uh, in back-to-back weeks in November. And those are, if everything goes right, those are the three games that they win. 
that's the record that I have for them is three and 14, but uh, I don't know that they win three games this year. So uh, I have the under and I wouldn't be surprised if they go two and 15 or one and 16. Like it, I just don't see wins being predominantly featured for Arizona this year. Yeah, this is as they say a tank job is uh, is in the works here, right? Like, so, so what do you do? get the first pick? Do? They get yeah, Caleb Williams, assuming right, like right, right. and then you try and flip Kyler, who you just so, so this don't massive you, deal to. Don't you try and get Kyler back out on the field then, like at some point to show that he can play like, yeah, you have to, do you need that for trade value or are you figuring that his, his, his body of work speaks for itself? And in the off season, a team like on- the Broncos <laughs> go figure will, will pay, you know, two first round picks and a third and a fifth or whatever that they're willing to do in, in return. Like, I mean, what do you what do you do with that? Right. What well, the do on, you do with that? The on the field stuff with Kyler hasn't been the issue, right? Like when he's been out there, he's been he's been good. Um, the problem is, is and Arizona, ex, you know, highlighted that in their contract negotiations by putting <laughs> in, you know, film study and and putting in things that are just part of the job, and you, and you highlight that to the point where. Everybody that looked at that had the eyebrow raise and massive question marks around that, and and essentially you, you downgraded um, you know that there as well. Not only that, right? Like you went out and you traded um, traded for for Marquise Brown there as well. Like you know, what does that look like? Because you know Kyler's his guy, so is that that that's a whole team that's kind of in flux, but it it very much kind of got, uh, got going that the, the tank job was in when you, when you give away his, his salmons for kind of peanuts, you cut Colt McCoy there. Like, um, yeah, we, we want to, we want to talk about historic tank jobs where the NFL got involved in, in these anti-tanking measures and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. This is one that, that certainly should be, uh, be looked at here. Oh, I, and I'm just trying to run through NFL rosters to see who's going to, Who's going to be looking for him? Washington, okay. Um, Denver, possibly. Um, it's not, it, you know, they have all these teams with these rookie quarterbacks, right? So it's not, it's not Houston. It's not Indianapolis. Tampa it's Bay, maybe. Possibly Tampa Bay, right? That would be another one. Honestly, that'd probably be the best fit for Kyler. Naturally, you go down there wow. and you still have two really good wide receivers, but the Buccaneers are so um, strapped on their salary cap. I don't know how they make that work. Like it's just, and it's money, right? You move money around and you do all that. But I mean, the Vikings, I guess possibly the Vikings, right? Cause they haven't officially extended Kirk Cousins yet, unless I missed something. No. And, and they could move off of Kirk here pretty soon. So possibly the Vikings, like, Outside of the, I just don't see where he goes. The Falcons, maybe, because they're going to be bad too. So at least you know you have a top five pick. So the Falcons would be interesting. So it's just there's not a lot of homes. 
right? There's only yeah. 30, 32 of these jobs. They're all coveted. And for the most part, you know, these teams do – they like their quarterback, right? We named a couple who maybe are on the fence a little bit. But for the most part, there's a lot of good young talent in the NFL at quarterback. Um, right. That is one position that we are not necessarily uh, – I got another one too. The Patriots? The Lions. I, yeah, maybe. I mean, golf fits what they what look, they want to do there. I don't think. I agree. I, don't, I, agree. I, I don't think, think golf's going to be good enough what, this year that they're they not going to be do. able to. Yeah, I, I'm hoping so. <laughs> I mean, the the Lions missing the playoffs last year was not Jared Goff's fault. It was the fact that the defense was a sieve and couldn't stop anybody, anybody. and every game yeah. was a shootout. But Goff held up his end of the deal, right? And that's yeah. This this is one of those two that uh, the Cardinals also have Houston's pick um, next year as well. Houston's going to be bad, so th- this could be one of those that you see Arizona with two top five picks on this thing. And would it surprise you if they go the Caleb Williams uh, and try and go Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and try and try and build off of that? But even then, like that's a th- there, there's just too many other holes that you still got to fill in. So yeah. Anyway, I feel bad for Cardinals fans. It's a rough year for them. Yep. They're used to it. <laughs> that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> All right. We do have a couple of uh, – any other thoughts here um, on on this one? We've all got the uh, the Niners winning the division, but any other thoughts here on the a- NFC West? No, pretty straightforward. Obviously, we'll hit up the AFC next week. You guys can see what our thoughts think- are on those four divisions, but this is straightforward. Yep. Uh, I, I think I think the uh, the NFC West is just not as as formidable as as I viewed it the last couple of years. There's just there's winnable games out there. I think the NFC whole as a whole right now is just a weaker yeah. conference, right? You are very top loaded. Yeah. With Niners, Eagles, possibly Cowboys if they could ever get out of their own way. Right. And then. What the you south know, and coming teams, tough. yeah, yeah, yeah these up and coming kinda... teams, but nothing that's solidified. Like you right. have three yeah. solidified teams, and outside of that, it's it's a crapshoot. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of teams, let's go ahead and hit up some uh, rosters submitted in here. So uh, Terrence got his in first. We're gonna hit up Terrence. We'll go through uh, T monies after that, or Z monies after that. Uh, Terrence uh, just finished the the twelve team PPR draft. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Brees Hall, Najee Harris, Cup, Garrett Wilson, Tyler Higby, Amari Cooper, the Ravens D, and Carlson as the kicker. Uh, bench, Herbert, Pickens, Addison, Quinton Johnston, Tank Bigsby, Derek Carr, Elijah Mitchell. Um, says he's not sure if he's starting Herbert or Hall week one. Um, you're probably going to be starting Herbert because uh, you know Hall, we still got to see him rock and roll here. I think they're going to slow roll him throughout that, but um, that's beside the point here. Thoughts on the, uh, the roster there. I, I love this roster really overall. Yeah, right? I, I'm a big Najee guy this year. Uh-huh. Your wide receivers with cup and Wilson and, and even Amari Cooper are awesome. Like love that. And the Ravens, what a great way to start out the season playing the Texans week one. So you can count on that as a good, a good start there. And obviously Trevor Lawrence is kind of one of those guys who we think is going to ascend and build upon last year. So um, 
I think you realized that you needed some help at running back. And I think you addressed that with the bench, right? Like you, you have Herbert there to help step in. We've heard decent things from Tank Bigsby, surprisingly enough. I really didn't think this guy was going to sniff an NFL field with what I saw from him out of Alabama. And Elijah Mitchell, you know, the thing with Elijah Mitchell is you just have to be patient and let all 60 minutes of that game play out, right? Like you may not love what you get for him in the first half, but come the fourth quarter, he does seem to just gash after the Niners offensive line leans on these guys. So, and he's one injury away from being the guy in a very run prominent offense. So I like this roster. Um, You know, I, I like Addison assuming he's going to be the true number two there there's, you know, mixed feelings about that, whether it's really KJ Osborne. Um, Quentin Johnston is probably the one guy that I'm not in love with on this roster, right? It just personal opinion. I don't think that right now he's fourth on the depth chart, right? So he's he's only going to be in limited. So I think you're going to find someone else that you can kind of replace him with um, to get a little bit more snap share, use him as, as fill-in as needed. But overall, I really like this roster, Terrence. I thought you did a really good job. Yeah. And, and Quentin Johnson, um, I know you're not a, the biggest fan of that. At, at wide receiver six on the roster there for you, I, I don't mind that shot. Uh, this is one of those that you could see him you know, going Addison, going Johnson, right? Like you could see some things down the stretch in the back half there. Um, I like that. The only one that I wasn't as big a fan on was the Brees Hall on this one. I I just don't like them also signing Dalvin Cook there in New York. But look where he but got I could, yeah, I it, I would imagine that he had to have gotten him probably in the fourth or fifth round, uh, just by the by the roster makeup here. And at that point, I'm okay shooting the shot on that one. Like, I don't have a problem uh, taking him that late in there. Um, just from a roster construct standpoint, I I probably would have gone a little bit different route than Brees Hall. Uh, just I'm kind of out on him in general this season, but. Overall roster construction, I think you've got a roster that can compete and you're going to have a lot of fun managing this roster. Any other points? Uh, any other thoughts there, Alex? No, I I, I think you're going to have to get your run out of Khalil Herbert early in the season. Um, so I think you start him over Brees Hall uh, week one. But otherwise, I, I against against the who they play in the Niners. I just playing week one. I I'd say early. Like let me hold on, let me double check where they're playing. Since we're all pulling up our rosters. Yeah. No, the Niners play Pittsburgh. They're, they're oh, okay, they're, so it's not so it's not so it is. So he still has a guy playing the Niners. Yeah. It's just his other running back. Um, <laughs> he's I, I think Chicago plays Green Bay. Yeah, Green um, Bay at home. They get Green Bay at home that first week. So so I think true. that's a that's a it's a favorable, right? <laughs> More so than Brees Hall. Um, I think that's that's where you go. Obviously, this you know this all changes in a week and a half of practice and everything if something pops up. But um, as we yeah, sit Brees, here, Brees Hall playing Buffalo Week One. Um, so yeah, I just the fact that we've we've had kind of that limited run there. I I want to see how this is going to break out here in in the with the jets. Cause I do think that they're, we're going to see them lean on Dalvin early. Let uh, Brees Hall kind of roll back slow. And then we see Brees Hall down the stretch 
um, on this one here and really kind of bringing home the back half of the season uh, where it kind of shakes out probably close to like a 55 to 45% ratio between Hall and, and Cook. But I think it's going to take us till we get to about probably week six, seven, eight before we see that kind of shift happen because I think it happens more so where we see Dalvin Cook early and then Brees Hall to the, the end there. But Terrence, again, I think that you did a fantastic job drafting this one and uh, would uh, would have a lot of fun managing that one. All right, let's go ahead and hit up uh, Z Money's then. He's got uh, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, uh, Ramadre Stevenson, uh, Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Mark Andrews, uh, George Pickens, the Cowboys defense. It is a... 12 per or 10 person PPR league on this one. Um, that starting roster, I like it. The The fact that it's a 10 person league there, you're going to have a little bit more star power, but, um, and the fact that it's full PPR, you got Justin Jefferson, CD lamb, Mark Andrews, like that'll carry you a long way there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, obviously Jefferson CD, uh, more than covers your wide receiver position. Andrews makes sense um, of, of you know, top five tied in, right? You probably you took him at two, uh, safe finish inside the top five. We like Lawrence, as we've said. The running back room is – I think the running back room is solid, right? We want to see how this breakdown is going to go between Stevenson and Elliott. Um, I still think Steven, Stevenson's the one. Elliot's going to be pass pro goal line type work, short yardage. I think is where you lean Zeke. He's a little bit more sure-handed, doesn't put the ball on the ground. Pickens, I love, right? Nice guy who's everybody thinks is ascending, going to have a big year in Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett getting better. Um, so I, I like the starting lo- offense, right? You might have to just be cautious in your running back room as you're moving things around, but it looks like you have the wide receiver power to absorb some of the shortcomings that your running back room might give you. Yeah. Yeah. I think overall pretty darn good. Any other thoughts on this one? Alrighty. Alrighty. Let's go ahead. <clears throat> let's go ahead and move on over. We've got some more uh, kind of top list to remember here. And uh, for everybody that just kind of got done drafting or for everybody that's heading into the draft on this one, We've got the tips to remember on this one. And Alex, why don't you go ahead and start us off here? Yeah. So our first tip to remember, uh, and it's really good. It's, it's, I don't know that it's the most important. I think all of these are very important in their own right, but uh, know the room. Um, that's our, our first tip. Know the room, know who you are drafting against because uh if you have guys or gals or people that you're playing with that tend to favor a certain NFL team uh, that um, I'll just give you the instance for our home league uh, for the good old boys fantasy football league. Um, Everybody in there for the most part, a majority are Denver Bronco fans. And so they're going to know a little bit more about Denver Broncos players uh, than they will New York Jets players, because you get exposed to it a lot more. Um, You're listening to sports talk radio in Colorado or, um, you know, your social media feeds are more up on um, Broncos players and Broncos, you know, uh, reporters and all that. So um, know the room. If you know that there are people that 
tend to fade one way or the other, understand that that will have an impact on where they get drafted because, because bias will ruin uh, preparation. Uh, what you think will happen won't happen because the, the human human will human involvement will will inevitably um, you know wreck wreck whatever plan you had. So um, just understand what the room is, and and it's tough in in leagues. There are leagues that I'm in with with Kevin and Derek, where Kevin and Derek are the only two people I know, and I have no idea what the room is going to do. Um, but you try to figure out some tendencies pretty quickly. Uh, and see what what's going on, um, but that that's that is a, a very very big big tip. Know the room, figure out who you're playing against, and uh, and that will help you come draft time. Absolutely, something else that'll help you out come draft time. And we we've, we've talked about it, we've hit it up a couple of times here. We've got videos out there for it. Is use tiers, use tier based drafting. Um, that'll help you understand right, like when the when the run is happening and you're looking at guys and it's going forward. You're able to kind of you know, shift and pivot and. Um, you know, know where you need to go on that one. So using, using a tier based uh, draft system tends to allow you to walk out of your draft room without having to shed any tiers. No, absolutely. Um, another thing going along with those tiers is it, have a couple guys queued up and ready, right? Don't put yourself in tilt, right? So have a couple guys as the clock is, you know, or the draft is working its way to you, have two or three guys ready, right? That's what you have these tiers for. So that way, if the guy in front of you takes, you know, your option 1A, well, then you have 1B right there, and you can make that slight adjustment, but you're not sitting there and you get kind of thrown off in your game uh, because of a pick that was made one or two spots before you, and now you feel like it derailed your whole draft. So be prepared to adjust and go with the flow. Absolutely. And one of the things that will also help you avoid tilt, besides using the tiers and all of that as well, is don't overpay for a guy. Don't go through and just because, you know, everything's kind of dried up at that draft position and, you know, don't go in and draft your, you know, the 10th tight end off the board in the sixth round. Like that's not going to help you out there. Uh, let the draft board fall to you. Do not overpay for a guy just because you feel like you need a position or you got to get this guy and you take him three rounds early. Like that's a, a very quick way to derail your draft as well. I'm going to say last, I'm going to add one in be on time. Be early. Even get there. Do not make yourself auto draft set a reminder on your phone make sure you're ready i should have watched these uh top five tips uh before i have my work draft on sunday uh this this is a good reminder that's a good reminder kevin (laughs) alex i think we got one more there why don't you hit that one up uh yeah um don't uh, the the big thing uh going back to kind of Derek's point of don't overpay uh kickers defense and special teams unless you're playing in a really wild kicker bonus league don't draft them until the very end you get two picks you get two rounds at the very end use those two rounds to draft your defense and special teams and your kicker odds are you're streaming them anyways do not spend more than a a last 
a second to last or a last round pick on those uh, what will essentially be rental uh, rental positions. I like it. So those are the the top draft tips to remember there. And, uh, you know, by using some of that, that'll help you come draft day there. So maybe bookmark that one. Yeah. Flag it. All that kind of good stuff. Uh, Help prepare for drafts there. Uh, Terrence did have a question before we hit up the last segment here. And uh, Terrence asking, should Dion Jackson be picked up off of waivers? No uh, No JT for the first four games. Absolutely. Dion Jackson should be picked up. Um, he's a guy that had been throwing late round dart throws. I, I, you know, right before we start drafting defense, special teams, kickers, he's that guy that I've been throwing that, uh, throwing that dart at in those late rounds there. Um, so I, I've actually, I'm actually drafting Dion Jackson actively in several of my leagues right now. Uh, yes. Prov- yes. Provided that you have a player that you're willing to drop, right? Cause one thing to remember with the Colts is, this is now running back by committee, right? You're going to see Zach Moss. You're going to see Deion Jackson, and you're going to see um, Evan, Evan Hall. Hall. Yeah. So I think you're going to see a bit of all three of them. So, yes, you can pick up Deion Jackson, um, and and really what you're hoping for is he goes off week one, and then you can kind of try and flip him over to the JT owner if, if they weren't able to get there. Um but I wouldn't I wouldn't pick him up in plans of starting him. This is more defensive roster management than picking him up because he's going to be a key component to your team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, this is one of those that Zach Moss is, you know, he could miss week one here, so it very well could be Hull and Deion Jackson heading in here for the Colts starting running back. I think that you're going to see a pretty even split between them. But between the two, I, I think Deion Jackson has the better hands there. So I do like the the fact that he gives you a little bit more PPR upside on that one. But again, right, like to Kevin's point, you're talking about a guy that you're, you shouldn't really be starting here. Um, it's more of a case of you're going to pick him up so that you know, somebody in dire straits doesn't uh, doesn't play him against you. Um, we did see a Deion Jackson last year go off for RB number one overall on a week uh, last week. So could be an interesting move there. All right, let's go ahead and we're going to hit up here the stacks to draft. So what are the favorite stacks that you are actively drafting? I'll go ahead and start it off. One of my favorite stacks to draft is the Jordan Love, Romeo Dobbs, combination here both of these guys you can get super late um you know jordan love love that one in the uh, super flex type of leagues there picking him up as my second even third qb in some of these leagues he's got one of the easiest schedules um you know quarterback to, to face off against starts off with a very favorable schedule romeo dobbs we've been over this one multiple times but i think romeo dobbs will end up leading the packers in uh you know, targets and receptions and very well could lead them in yards uh, when it's all said and done. And a guy that you can pick up in like the 12th round. Absolutely loving that one. Uh, my, I, I've got two and Kevin, I don't know if you wanted to take either one of these two. Go ahead. I have a list, dude. Okay, cool. I, I so love I've the got, snacks this year. I've got two. I've got two. And one you can only do in a single quarterback and that's Mahomes Kelsey. Uh, you're not going to be able to pull that one off if it's a super flex. Um, because both of those guys will be gone in the first round. Um, but in a single quarterback league, you can get Kelsey in the first and potentially Mahomes in the second, maybe in the third. Uh, I, I would be shocked if you got him in the third uh, in a single quarterback. But 
Um, it's possible. Uh, so that's a stack that you could very easily do. And obviously those two have been just insane uh, over the last couple of years. This is, a, this is a pretty much automatic points week in and week out. You do not have to worry about, oh, will I get points out of these two? Like, no, you're going to get yours. Uh, and then my second one is uh, Hertz and A.J. Brown. Again, this is a single quarterback uh, you might be able to pull it off in a super flex uh, Hertz and AJ Brown. Um, again, maybe you can pull it off in a super flex, um, but the one you can for sure pull off in a super flex is Jalen Hertz and Devonta Smith. Um, I think you can easily pull that one off in a super flex. And um, that is, I think a great, great stack there. So the two players are great for redrafts, right? doing a bunch of best balls. That's kind of where I geared this, right? So if you're sure. doing a unique best ball lineup, the Bengals, if you have the number two overall pick in your best ball draft, the Bengals are an amazing stack because you can get Chase, you can get Higgins, you can get uh, Burrow, and then you can follow it up in the fourth, most cases, and get Joe Mixon. Like, you can absolutely take your first four picks all from the same team and completely separate yourself as far as it being a unique roster from anything else that that league's going to offer. So the Bengals are kind of top on my priority list. Um, the Cowboys offer that same type of situation, right? You can get CeeDee Lamb, then you follow it up with uh, Tony Pollard. Then you can follow it up with uh, Cooks and Dak. Right. So you can do that with the Cowboys as well. Um, and, and and there's plenty. Right. I mean, we can keep going through the list because this year it sets up well. Um, single quarterback league, like Alex was talking, Diggs followed up with Josh Allen. Then you can get James Cook. And then right after that, you can get Gabe Davis. Right. Like you can do a Buffalo stack that way. Um and I got some more, but I don't want to keep stealing Derek's. But I got no, you're good. I got a couple more here on this list. When when you get done, if you don't touch them, I'll I'll briefly hit it. Well, you know, another one that you're talking about for a best ball type of deal. Um, yeah, you could do the the two of Tyreek Jalen Waddle as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's another one that uh, you can take Tyreek Hill, right? And like this is one of those that you don't even have to really like. You don't really have to wait for the board to fall for it. You can force this one if you wanted it to, because you can take Tyreek in the first. Uh, you're assuming that you're in probably one of the top six picks. Jalen Waddle will be sitting for uh, sitting there for you in the second, and you can take Tua in the seventh or eighth, and uh, you know he'll be there. And then you can also build out the roster. But for like a best ball deal, like that's a that's another lineup that that just makes a ton a ton of sense. Another one out there as well. Um, you know, that, that you could do and not necessarily have to really force it. Go you know, just going to redraft Cooper cup, Matthew Stafford. If you're, you know, the board falls to you where you take Cooper cup in that first, second round, kind of where he, where he's been going in that late first, early second, uh, you can follow it up with Matthew Stafford as a late QB type of deal. And that one, that stack will definitely be there for you. Um, you know, the, the, the Detroit Amon raw and uh, Jared Goff, yeah, you could also even get Monty in the mix there as well. Um, like, there's a lot, lot of really good stacks there. But Kevin, I'll, I'll I'll just pass the baton back to you and let you keep rocking and rolling. Right on. So the two of those were were ones I had on my list. So I absolutely agree. I think another one that's fun is the Chargers. 
Mm-hmm. You can go Eckler. You can go um, Keenan Allen or or Herbert, depending on how the draft is set up. But you can get this done, right? Eckler, Herbert, Keenan Allen. Um, Mike Williams is falling late. And then you can get Gerald Everett really late at tight end, right? So you can do a deep stack, right? A five five-player stack of the Chargers if you think that this offense is going to be – you know, a top performing offense in the league, which makes, again, makes your lineup unique in best ball formats. And then the last one I really had on here was the Seahawks because you're able to do a Seahawks stack with um, DK and Kenneth Walker and Tyler Lockett and Geno Smith. So again, you're hitting all the high points of offense. So the way that the draft is breaking down this year, they're a bunch of available stacks, right? If that's what you're going for, especially in best ball leagues, and you're trying to differentiate your roster, you can absolutely do that. Um, you know, it, it's an ugly one, but it's one that we were doing a live draft, you know, a quick draft here at the start of the show. And it's an ugly one, but you can easily do a Falcons, the Falcons <laughs> stack, right? And, you can you can grab Bijan and Pitts and London and Desmond Ritter. Like it's not super pretty, but you were hitting absolutely every major focal point of that offense. So even if you do it without Desmond Ritter, getting Bijan and Kyle Pitts and Drake London, that's kind of a unique stack right there, right? They all have upside. We think Bijan is going to be obviously high end upside at running back. But Drake London, um, you know, you could see, you know, top end wide receiver two numbers out of Drake London possibly. And Kyle Pitts, the performance that we got out of Kyle Pitts last year was terrible. But if you look at how many targets were – how many passes thrown his way were off target, right? Off target passes. He led the league for tight ends and off target passes. But in target share, the only person he trailed was Mark Andrews. So they're going to force him the ball. And he had the highest A dot for tight ends, right? So big play, tight end. I think we're going to continue to see more of that. We just hope he comes down with it. We need Ritter to be more accurate than what Marcus Mariota was. That's that's ultimately what we just need. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, the bunches of them, right? I mean, you can do it with the Broncos, especially now that Judy's – even with, with Judy beforehand, it, right. it was honestly easier. Judy, Javante, Sutton, Russell. Like, you could absolutely pull that off with the Broncos. You could throw Greg Dulcich in there if you wanted to as well. Um, and you can you can do one with the Jaguars also. You can do – did you say that, Alex? Did you say the Jags? No. No, no you I could was, do uh, ETN, Calvin Ridley, yeah. and Trevor Lawrence, right? So tons of them, right? It's how it falls. It's how you want to differentiate. But in best ball formats, this is really what helps separate your teams apart. And, yes, you kind of live and die by it. But if you're in high stakes, best ball type drafts, this these stacks are what separate your teams. And, and this is a gold mine when, when you start trying to figure out how you're going to be better than, than the other 11 opponents in your league. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, that's going to bring us down here to the final topic. We've got the home league drafting uh, here on Sunday. Any thoughts we want to put out there on the home league draft? I'm looking forward to it, right? 
got a couple slackers who need to finish voting on a couple things inside um, last minute rule changes that that we had up there. But other than that, uh, it's always a fun it's always a fun draft, right? Those who are out of state or or out of town and not able to make it. I mean, we do Zoom calls and talk a bunch of trash and have a couple you know adult beverages and and you know it's a it's a fun what two hours two and a half hours that. Yeah. You know, we it, get to get, it get used to be a hell there. of a lot longer than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first one, <laughs> writing it on the whiteboard and everything else. Yeah, the first one was like a five and a half hour, six hour ordeal. Like, we've cut I this do, thing down. I do miss, though, being the, who, who the hell did he just take? <laughs> who the hell did he just take? We did Craig. that. Oh, that man. That's Craig. That's Every <laughs> time. Uh, I'll take this guy. Yeah, he went five picks ago, bud. <laughs> Yeah, everybody, everybody passed around the same top 200 <laughs> sheet before, you know, trying to mark them all off. really get involved in your marketing. You got to mark them off if you're holding the sheet. No, screw you. It's your problem now. Like, we've had a blast. This is what, year 17? Something like, I think it might be 18. It has evolved. So it's been a lot of fun. Yes, we have we have evolved for sure. But it's always nice to get the band back together for at least a, a couple hours and well, give uh, each other a hard time. Obviously, was- we'll recap. We'll recap what you know what our teams look like. Um, just so everybody knows, it's a it's a it's a keeper league with a draft penalty, um, but it's it's the same. It's a, it's an unlimited keeper uh, associated with that draft that draft round penalty. So. You know, if you took a guy in the first round five years ago, you know, it's still a first round draft penalty that you have. Uh, you keep him for as long as you want. Um, but you get two of those keepers. And then uh, obviously we have some scoring that is uh, we believe we believe in scoring points uh, in the good old boys. Uh, and the scoring reflects that the uh, the the, scoring, we, the, the the points that you get. If we could figure out how to give points for drinking Gatorade on the sideline, like I would pose that as a rule change to like make that a thing. Like I, I want as many points as possible on this yeah, we, one. So we, we have fun and we'll, we'll recap our draft and we'll, we'll talk about it and uh, we'll give you guys a full report uh, for next week's show. Um, as, as you know, we, we try to figure out who will who will reign supreme. How, how many uh, how many championships do you have in this league, Kevin? Five since the beginning. Five, I think. And Derek, uh, I've got two and a, a whole lot of runner ups. So combined, Kevin and I have uh, six championships, um, and then uh, <laughs> it's like. Who was it? There was a, a guy after Will Chamberlain scored a hundred, however many points, one hundred and five points, and he only had hundred points in a game. So okay, and then there was a guy who had two, and he's like, "I'll never forget the night that Wilt and I combined for hundred and two points. It was great." Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's um, it will be fun. The, here's the issue that I run into: um, I don't listen to a lot of other fantasy football podcasts. I do listen to one frequently uh, that I participate in. Uh, But the problem is, going back to one of those top five lists that we have, Know the Room, the problem is that the the information that I'm getting is being spewed by two people that are using it themselves. Um, And so that makes it really difficult. So be like, oh, I really like this guy. And then uh, inevitably, Devin, 
Derek or Kevin will snipe him, you know, three picks before I wanted to take him. And it's like, you son did, of a gun. Did he just combine us into one I person? Did. I think yes. he did. I okay. Did. I think yes. I'm getting a little tired. I think it's time to go. Yeah, the the snipage is real. You want to talk about a you want to talk about a league that uh, is easy to get put on tilt there. Uh, cool. The home league is is the league that uh, the the tilt can be real. It's brutal. And Derek and I are always drafting by each other, so yes. it's... I don't understand how that works. Well, see, when you win a lot, you're you're towards the end of the draft, and you know, we're, we're know Kevin right. and I are are constantly playoff teams, and anyway, we're we're usually drafting right next to each other. And this year is no different. I think I've got the eight and you've got the nine. Something so, like, yeah. So, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I threw a fit and threw the third place game last year because <laughs> I lost. <laughs> Fine, Keith, have it. I don't even care. Mm. Uh, so. Looks like I'm picking third. I'm away from you guys. Thank God. So. You're right. Yeah. Yep. So, It'll be fun. I'm going to have to figure out who my last keeper is going to be. So, that'll be. Uh, That'll be fun. I think I'm the last holdout on on a keeper still yet to be decided. See, Saturday is the deadline. It locks 24 hours before. Don't forget that. Yeah, well, uh, I've been waiting to see how this this one thing played out. And I've got it. uh, I think I've got it figured out where I'm I'm going. So we'll report back. We'll report back. Absolutely. Um, In fact, that's probably what a lot of week will, a lot of next week will be is us just talking about our own fantasy rosters in the home league. So, uh, and we'll try and sprinkle in. Should be a thrilling week for everybody. (laughs) Well, just, just, just indulge us for the one week. Okay. Just for one week, indulge us. Right. All righty guys. So that's going to do it for us. And uh, we're going to call it a night there. Any final thoughts at all for the viewers and listeners? Uh, big weekend coming up, right? It's it's largely the the biggest draft weekend of the year. Um, obviously holiday weekend. We got college football coming up. Lots of things to be excited about this weekend. So, uh, questions, comments, hit us up. We appreciate everybody's support. You can find us at Good Old Boys FF just about anywhere you consume content. Um, so again, we appreciate it. Um. And good luck. Yep. Hit that like, hit that subscribe button. And uh, that's going to do it for us. He's Kevin. He's Alex. I'm Derek. Have a good one. Be safe. Toodaloos.